the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. One of the memes that I get sent most frequently, I would say several times a month, is that image of a person sitting by a sign of three people eating, laughing, and talking. And the person sitting by the sign, they have a bowl of something, and they're looking at the sign and laughing, so they're in conversation. And the caption is always something like, this is how it feels to listen to podcasts. And I get it, but today, we're going to mitigate that a little bit, right? I'm Ben. I'm Noel. It's not really a meme, but one of my, the uh, you know, an image that I use to kind of define my life by is of that cartoon dog sitting in a room on fire saying everything's okay. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel when I read uh, iTunes reviews. <laughs> we'll get to those as well. Uh, but one thing that always uh, lights up our studio and our day is our better third, our super producer, Casey Pegram. <laughs> Casey, I've got to ask you, uh, we've been in this business for a long, long time now. Do you ever read reviews of shows you create? I do, actually. I read all the reviews. Um, I feel like I'm in maybe a little bit better position to do that because I'm not typically the on-air personality. It's it's a little less personal. But I do like to be aware, at least, of... um, what the people are saying out there, even if they're jerks about it, you know, it's it's good to know. Sometimes the truth can hurt. Casey on the case. Well, you, my friend, are in uh, are living in interesting times for this episode because we are going to explore some reviews and you occur in a few of them. In fact, we're not just going to explore reviews. We're not just going to explore emails. We're, we're exploring everything. This is sort of a, a moment where we say enough about us. What about you? Because on this show, uh, we always 
ask or we frequently ask a question toward the end, like, what are some weird town names in your neck of the global woods? Or what are some other strange military experiments, et cetera, et cetera, et al. Are we talking about military experiments today, Ben? I mean, <laughs> we might get to it, you know, because every single time we do an episode, we get this flood of amazing correspondencies from you, specifically you and your fellow listeners. And although it's tough for us to respond in a punctual manner in writing, we do, each of us, read everything that you send, and we enjoy them. We think you make important points. And today, in this very special listener mail episode, we'd like to share some of the things that your fellow listeners have told us recently. Recently being since we started making this show. Yeah, we've, we, have we not done a listener mail episode before? Surely we have. I think we've done one. Casey? Yeah, we've, we've done at least one before. Okay, at least yeah, one. We've done like two, probably. Yeah, who knows? Casey on the case. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess I will uh, go first with a, a listener email. This one comes from Sophie S., um, and she is a student at Stanford University. Subject is The Spooky Stanfords. It reads as such. Hi, Ben, Noel, and Casey. My name is Sophia, excuse me, Sophia, and I am a history major at Stanford and a huge fan of the show. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you for endlessly entertaining me with your podcast. Aww. It's my absolute, it it's very, very sweet and kind. It is my absolute favorite show I listen to, and I have recommended it to all of my history friends. Each episode reminds me why I fell in love with the subject of history in the first place and continue to fall in love with it the more I learn. That fills my heart with joy. It's always so nice to hear from people who are actually history majors who like the show. Uh, that I think I think I speak for both of us when I say thank you for the kind words, Sophia. So let's get to the juice of this email. This past year, I took two classes about Victorian America and England, and one of the phenomena from that time that pulled my interest the most was spiritualism. You guys touch on this in your episode about the Cock Lane Ghost, which was fantastic, but I found tons of other stories about it which I thought were really fascinating. I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard about spiritualism or occultish practices at Stanford or in the Stanford family, but if you haven't, <laughs> I highly recommend. Uh, going to school here, this topic was something I didn't know much about, but once I dove into some research, I found it was very present in the school's origins and early years. Oh, you're speaking my language, Sophia, because uh, this is true, and this would make a great episode. Uh, Sophia continues, while it's highly contested that the Stanfords were spiritualists, it is known that Jane and Leland Stanford did at least participate in seances and other spiritualistic practices in an attempt to contact their deceased son, Leland Jr., for whom the university is a memorial. It's even rumored that the spirit of Leland Jr. came to Leland Sr. in a dream and told him to build the school. Here's where it starts getting fun. The wackiest of the Stanford spiritualists was Thomas Welton Stanford, Leland Sr.'s brother, who was known to hold seances in his home in Australia, where mediums would conjure spirits and cause objects to fall into the laps of participants. These objects, called apports, were various strange and supposedly ancient artifacts, which would materialize out of thin air thanks to the help of the medium. Of course, uh, this is me talking. We we know a lot of this was, these were plants. These were special effects employed for the purposes of kind of uh, bamboozling these folks out of their money and tricking them into thinking they had actually had a spiritual experience when, in fact, it was all just kind of smoke and mirrors. Uh, she goes on. 
Welton donated these objects to the university to be studied and put in the museum, and while they were initially dismissed as junk by the school's administration, they reside today in our special collections. Uh, The type of items included are ridiculous in themselves, despite their supposed supernatural origins. Sophia continues, My personal favorite thing about all of this is that Welton also acquired a large grant for the school for psychical research, which is the study of the possibility of phenomenon beyond known human capabilities, such as telepathy, ESP, and other stuff like that. So I'm I'm just going to interject here. Psychometry, clairvoyance, telekinesis, etc. Researchers, says Sophie, did experiments on students testing to see if these phenomena were possible or not. But eventually the branch dissolved and the grant went to solidify the now famous Stanford Psychology Department. Uh, (laughs) Famous, infamous, Eh, a little column A, a little column B, uh, and this uh, this is explored in another show we do called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. Sophie continues, while not really related to spiritualism, the mysterious death of Jane Stanford would also be interesting to look into. It was originally announced that she died from heart complications, but some claim she was actually poisoned by her own secretary. Yikes. <clears throat> this is a long one, but I think this is almost like, <laughs> Sophia, thank you so much for doing all of this incredible research on our behalf uh, and helping us uh, fill out a nice listener mail episode. And also, I think this is something we could explore further. Um, despite there being so much spiritualist history at Stanford today, it's almost entirely unknown, most likely due to the administration covering it up for the sake of the school's reputation. Lots of stuff to unpack there, uh, but here are some great articles to sum it up. And she gives us a handful uh, that I think we will definitely use as jumping off points for a deeper discussion on this topic. Um, So sorry for this absolute novel of an email. Again, no apologies necessary. Thank you, in fact, from uh, Ben and I. But thanks again for all the fantastic shows. You guys are the best. Sophia. Uh. Thank you, Sophia. This was, uh, as as I believe you mentioned at the top, Noel, this was great to read. Anytime someone who is an history buff writes to us and tells us that they enjoy the show, uh, what would you, like an angel gets its wings. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, we have looked into some of the fascinating stories of the spiritualist movement in the U.S. and Europe. Uh, we could do an entire show on that, by which I mean in a completely different podcast, but I, I think this is this is an idea we have to do. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's true. She gives us links to several pretty deep dive research materials uh, on various accounts of this, this these these uh, stories of spiritualism in the Stanford um, kind of university family. So I am ready to go and do a, a Stanford. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe we could make it a crossover with stuff they don't want you to know. We've never done that yet. Maybe we could also. Maybe we could go to Stanford. And do the crossover there. Yeah, sure. Why not? And here's a letter from Tori McKenna regarding our recent episode on Albert Cashiers. You remember that one? Yes, of course. The soldier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just so. So Tori writes and says, hey, I just listened to your July 11th episode on Albert Cashiers, and I just wanted to say that as a non-binary person, I really appreciated the care you all took to always refer to Cashiers with he, him pronouns, and you never dead named him. 
using the name given to a trans person before they transition, except the brief mention at the end of the gravestone modification. I know this doesn't sound like a lot, but a lot of podcasts that discuss historical trans or non-binary people really don't handle them well. So much so that I definitely almost didn't listen to the episode because I was really worried about it, but I'm glad I did and tend to misgender them, usually accidentally, but it still makes it kind of hard to listen to. So anyway, I just wanted to reach out and let you know that your care on the topic was appreciated and came through. I love the show. I download episodes on my phone so I can listen to them in my garage when I'm working on stuff. Uh, they're informative and entertaining. Cheers, Tori. Uh, you know, we received several um, communiques, memos, notes sure. about this. Yeah. And we appreciate it because I think, Noel, you and I were very mindful of of how to tell these stories that need to be told in a respectful manner. Yeah, we always try to be, and we do definitely have discussions, you know, off air before we go on. And Ben, it, it was you actually that that clued me into this idea of dead naming being uh, referring to a person who has transitioned by the name they were born with rather than the name they chose for themselves. So that was an important thing that I learned and realized that it was important to use that name not only from the point of the story when this figure transitioned, but just from the start because that is the name that they would have wanted to be called by in discussing this legacy. You know, it, it's clear that this is uh, a learning process for us. These stories are important and they should be told and they need to be told in a respectful way. And And we're not reading Tori's email here to give ourselves a pat on the back. No, not at all. Because I think we, I think we, I don't know about you, man, but I spent the week thinking like, oh boy, did we... Did we mess up on that one? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the we think about stuff like that all the time because it's very easy, the internet being what it is, for people to get the wrong idea as to like, oh, you, you guys just don't care or you didn't bother to do your homework. We always care and we usually <laughs> do our homework. <laughs> we try. You know, but it's very important for us to get stuff like that right and be respectful of everybody. And this is just a good example of us uh, hopefully getting it right. And we're not always going to, but um, we're always going to do our best to. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I meant Monte Carlo. 
I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos, and the last one, God bless it, I just I I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally, but it, it still was like a a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now. Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. There's one thing, we're not going to read this next email in full, but there's there's one huge point that came out of the Albert Cashier's episode that everyone needs to be aware of. Ryan Zentmeyer writes to us and says, I'm a trans person living in San Diego, which has a strong military presence. I have several trans friends who are veterans. While we've made some progress in society at large, the military remains hostile to trans people, as evidenced by the ban on trans people in the listing. And... Ryan goes through several examples of this. It's important for everyone to remember that history is still being written. And in this case, your voice and your opinion and your uh, your work matter. So please, 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 please do not feel that Albert Cashier is an isolated story or something distant mm. in the past, right? Right. It's it, This kind of stuff is happening now. That's why it was such an interesting story, because it was uh, such a different time, and it was someone who was successful, and even um, colleagues, you know, who served alongside Cashier came to his defense when faced with being stripped of all his accolades and of all of his, uh, you know, uh, pension and, 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 you know, the things that were due to him for his military service. He had colleagues who you would have thought would have been absurdly transphobic or you know not even known what to make of it that came to his defense and said no this person served alongside me and was very brave and did every bit the same amount of work and you know exhibited the same amount of courage that I did or anyone else in the team more so even because the stories of cashier's heroism sp spoke for themselves you mm -hmm. know in terms of I think he kicked someone's ass and like escaped back over enemy lines right mm -hmm. um, so that was a really cool part of the story is to hear other folks from that time who you would not have thought would have gone to bat for a person like this doing so. So, you know, you're right. History is continuing to be written, but it's also nice to think that everybody back in the day wasn't um, completely uh, ignorant, I guess. A product of their environment. A product of their environment, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Able to think for themselves. Yes. 
So thanks for those perspectives and for checking out the show. Uh, next, we have um, something that we put out there a while back in our episode about the giants of Prussia, or I believe in a quintessentially ridiculous history-esque uh, side conversation, we asked for uh, people to submit us the names of weird towns. I think it was because of King of Prussia, Pennsylvania that it came up in. Yeah, that's a that's a weird flex as a town name. And it really is. If I recall correctly, we asked everyone what the uh, strangest names they had heard were, you know, in their local area or just passing through. And what we realized just now, too, is that while the Ridiculous Historians Facebook group is a great place for conversation, not the most searchable situation uh, in the whole wide world uh, of history. So we had a hard time. We knew we had some really great ones on there, but moving forward in in terms of promising to do better, we're going to try to maybe, like, tag those or screenshot them when we see some that we want to, like, you know, save for a future, um, you know, listener mail or Mm -hmm. uh, listener feedback episode. Or to text each other. Or to text each other, it's true. Uh, but in the meantime, we have this one from Kay Sullivan that does a pretty good job of, of, of throwing some pretty great ones at us on its own. So this will kind of be a stand-in for everyone. Sorry if you sent us good ones on the page and we didn't get we didn't get to it. Um, so, I just listened to the Prussian Giants episode where you called for weird town names. My parents live in Horseheads, New York, which is quite near to Painted Post, New York. Plenty of good town names around there in the Finger Lakes. Uh, drive down to Pennsylvania, of course, and you have more than just King of Prussia, which I used to live near, you have drumroll, please. Intercourse. Which is, ironically, in the heart of Amish country. I'm like nine years old. Yeah, we're all, we're, all, we're all nine years old here. Um, these days I live in Scotland where we have plenty of delightful and de- delightfully rude place names like Twat. I'm going to pronounce it like that just go. to keep the censors happy. Cockbridge and Dick Place. Uh, we've also got Broken Wind, uh-huh. Hell's Glen, and the always charming town of Dull. Dullsville, right? Mm-hmm. Um, keep up the ridiculousness. Best, Case Sullivan. Those are great. Shout out to, while we're on the case, shout out to Kevin Hitchings, who decided that he had to tell us about Dildo Newfoundland. Fun. (laughs) Rude. Delightfully rude. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to Cindy Lou Who, who writes to us and says, Toad Suck, Arkansas. Toad Suck? Toad Suck. That's right up there with Dick Place. You know, I, I feel like when you're exploring new lands and naming a town, you should put a little more thought into just it. Just a little bit more. Um, just to round this off, me and Ben uh, found some weird town names of our own, um, starting with Accident, Maryland. <laughs> Welcome to Accident is what the, uh, you know, when you, when, you, when you come crossing into that town is. There's also Slick Poo, Idaho. Yeah, and there's a great article on Thought Catalog, 52 uh, weird names of places in the United States. And um, third on their list is Chicken, Alaska. And I bring that up because there's a really great little roadside attraction where there's like a chicken coop and a, uh, an egg cutout, like a wood cutout. And it says, I got laid in Chicken, Alaska. <laughs> there's, uh, there's also Gas, Kansas. You got Cut and Shoot, Texas. I'm just thinking you just passed gas. You sure did. <laughs> Embarrass, Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Uh, Santa Claus, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, experiment, Georgia. The whole place is kind of a, one big experiment if you think about it. Did we already mention hell, Michigan? No. Okay, well, that's the thing. It's a hell on earth. It's 15 miles northwest of Ann Arbor. Following up with that, we got Frankenstein, Missouri. <laughs> We've got Tightwad, Missouri. 
Oh, and by the way, the uh, there's a sign on a post uh, in this thought catalog um, article pertaining to hell, Michigan, that says the road to hell is paved with good intentions and lots of potholes. I just want to point out that there is a both a Fartsville, Indiana, and a Poopsdale. And why shouldn't there be both of those things? Why shouldn't they be able to coexist? <laughs> you know, sometimes you uh, sometimes you go for a fart, you overshoot, and you end up in a poop. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are indeed children. Now we hope you folks are, are enjoying this as much as we are. This highbrow NPR approach to yeah. town names. It's true. And uh, and speaking of folks enjoying things or, you know, not enjoying things, uh, we thought we would uh, do a thing that we haven't done. We're always asking you guys to leave us uh, uh, iTunes reviews or Apple podcast reviews. That's um, what they're calling it now. Um, uh-huh. But we thought we would go through and read a couple of our favorite choice uh, <laughs> reviews from folks that don't enjoy what we're doing here on Ridiculous History. Just, you know. Because it's fun. And like in the words of Nine Inch Nails, uh, I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. Yeah, and there's a there's a bit of catharsis here. Uh, also, you know, I do this comedy stuff on the side. And one of the big rules about comedy is if you have missed the mark, try to fail in, in an endearing way. So with that said, Casey, this is this is what we were alluding to earlier. Are you ready, my friends? I'm ready. Let's hear it. All right, fantastic. Let's uh let's maybe get a just a bad review sound cue. That was pretty good. Do you like that one, Milton? I loved it. Okay, so uh, let's dig into the uh, the bag here of um, of terrible, horrible, awful, no good, very unkind, unpleasant reviews. This one, um, this is sort of what you would consider kind of a middle ground of uh, of bad reviews. This one comes from Devil Doc D V L underscore Doc, and the subject is could be a lot better. I used to really enjoy this show, but lately it seems like a couple of stoners just reading articles off of Wikipedia. Uh, they also bring on a guest that really brings down the show. I wonder who they might be referring to. I don't know. No, no, no way of knowing. It's gotten to the point where I've had to unsubscribe. One star. Womp womp. So, uh, should we address uh, the, 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 these these things here? These concerns, the mystery guests. Well, no, we we I think we can do that. Um, but uh, the fact that we are stoners, or not the fact, the notion that we are stoners reading things off Wikipedia, uh, and I can assure you, we do not use Wikipedia on this show. Look in the in the world of research, uh, Wikipedia is most valuable, I'm not going to just entirely dismiss it, but Wikipedia is most valuable for the sources and bibliographies at the bottom. You know what I mean? Right. And go go check those out. If check them out. W- See if Wikipedia. they're viable. Yeah. See if they're actually worthwhile. Um, no, we don't use <sighs> Wikipedia. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that we are stoners. Next review by a millennial philosopher, meandering and boring, filled with self-righteous virtue signaling. I get it. You're better than everyone because you're woke white men liberals, which is interesting because technically one of us is not, you know, quote unquote white. Everything in history is problematic. White people are evil. Colonialism is evil. Men are evil. This is so painful to listen to, and that's when they actually get to the topic, which takes around 20 minutes. Do not waste your time. First of all, the stories themselves, the episodes themselves are never that much longer than 20 minutes. So I think we get to the topic a little quicker than that, sir. What was his name again? Uh, Woke Millennial 2021? A Millennial Philosopher. Got it. Got it. Well, um, right on, sir. You know, um, thanks for checking out the show. And Mm -hmm. we'll 
try to get to the topics quicker, I guess? No, we're not. Nah. We're not changing anything. Thank this you is... for making your opinion known. Indeed. Okay, this one comes from Susie47 with a Z. Um, and the subject is, uh, these idiots are annoying. Right to the point. Um, I listened to this for the first and last time. I'm assuming that that all happened in the span of one episode. These two idiots take an interesting story and constantly interrupt it with their lame attempts on trying to be funny. Uh, Can't delete this app fast enough. Whoa. Hold on. Let's unpack this real quick. Uh Casey, uh, do you think she means that, like, we ruined podcasts for her entirely, deleted the entire app? Yeah, we we wrecked the whole medium, so it's just done now. Can you even delete the Apple Podcasts app on your iPhone? I believe you can. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you could also, uh, if if you are still listening and you're like, why am I cursed to listen to this app? You can also uh, use a root kit to get that stuff off your phone. Uh, be careful. You might brick it. I do have to say, I like the idea of someone reading a book so bad that they burned a library down. Yeah. The, ent- the entire library, <laughs> not just the book. Um, so uh, one star. Oh, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be funny if there was one that was five stars that just totally drug us to the dogs? I would back? love that. I would love that. Here's a review that says, Has Potential by Jill457. Good, interesting topics. Research seems to go beyond the first page. Google results, mostly upbeat tone. But as others have mentioned, the hosts really need to tighten the delivery and rein in the non-sequiturs. Lately, they've even joked about knowing this is an issue, but... They do it anyway. I don't know if they realize just how boring the personal anecdotes and inside jokes are. Hmm. There's a lot of repetition because they lose their place so often. Most accidental two-parters are due to a lack of editing, not an abundance of relevant content. First of all, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be combative here. Uh, that's not what we're. That's not what we're about on ridiculous history. Um, how many accidental two-parters have we actually have had? Accidental ones? How many two-parters, period, have we ever had? Not too many. I think really only the Wayne Fetterman ones. Uh, George Washington. That's right. But that was with Christopher Hasiotis, and it just ended up being an abundance of stuff that was longer than our typical 35 to 40-minute episode runtimes. Weird flexes. Weird flexes. Again, same difference, right? There were four of us on that one. Yeah. Idiomatic for the people. Yep. But again, these are not accidental two-parts. Yeah, these were purposeful, which maybe makes it worse. But the review goes on, right, Noel? Oh, boy, does it ever. I could also live without all the sound effects and fawning over producer Casey. Casey, what do you think about that? I don't know what you guys are talking about. Casey on the case. (laughs) I mean, I could answer that. We fawn over Casey because he's awesome and he's the best part of the show and he's what makes it all happen. Right, Ben? That's true. That is absolutely that is absolutely true. And the the review goes on, but you know what I thought was really cool as that Jill four five seven left us three stars. And also this delightful sentiment. I was shocked to hear one of the guys mention having a dream about Dave Matthews band while in high school or middle school. Uh, I would have sworn they were early Gen X or older by the way they talked and their senses of humor. But apparently they're older millennials. Go figure. Three stars. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. And we, of course, do not want to trick anyone into listening to uh, an episode that's just us reading bad reviews about ourselves. That's very that's a very strange uh, way to frame an episode. So we're going to move on to some other stuff. But we do want to thank everyone who took the time to write a review. You know what I mean? Like this, we always say podcasts are free, but they're not really. You've probably heard me mention this on the show before. Uh, we we maybe don't use money to pay to listen to a podcast, but we use the most important currency of our age, Blood. our time. No, oh, time. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so thank you for uh, spending time with us, paying attention. And, you know, uh, not every show is for everyone. But I'll tell you what is for everyone, Ben, is friends. Yeah. Friendship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You and I, actual facts friends. Casey, Casey as well. All of us. We uh, we hang out outside of uh, this uh, podcast shipping container, um, which I believe we owe the Ridiculous Historians a photo oh, of, yes. don't we? Yeah. Yes, that came up. We, uh, we'll take a picture of that today and post it. What do you say? Let's do uh, 
one more email each. What do you think? What do you think? You got a good one? You got, sure. Got anything up your sleeve? Yeah, it's a pretty short one and a fun one at that. Uh, the subject here is death of Toho the monkey. That doesn't sound like fun at all. Uh, well, there's more. Ireland, rum, and the U.S. Air Force. This is from Ross M. My dear esteemed and learned gentleman of ridiculousness. Very, very nice uh, nice use oh, of thank language you. there. Wow. Yeah. Firstly, many thanks for your work. I love your show and have been studiously trawling through your back catalog since discovering Ridiculous History some weeks ago. I'm particularly fond of the listener mail. Hey. And, uh, and while I was listening to the Hartpool, uh, Hartleypool rather, monkey episode recently, um, I was reminded of the story of Toho, the U.S. Air Force monkey who drank himself to death in Ireland in 1943. Oof, not not familiar with this story, Ross. Uh, He goes on. I first heard this tale on a recent trip back to my homeland. The tale was recounted by my friend John Fitzgerald, a host of DudeCast. Check it out at DudeCast.net. In his incredible Carrie accent in a pub during a wake. Wow. That's stacked. All of which added to the feeling of a wind-up, uh, meaning a uh, like a practical joke or like messing around with somebody. Sure enough, though, some cursory searches threw up results immediately. Uh, beyond the headline, though, there's not a lot of detail, and I'd love to hear the ridiculous history slant on how Toho came to be in Ireland and ultimately meet his demise. No doubt you and your intrepid researchers will unearth more? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, Ross. M of uh, of of Saint Kilda. Thank you so much for writing in Ross. I, I love that story. I, I've got one that really stuck out to me, and uh, I, I'd like to share this. I think you saw this one as well, Noel. It is from Amanda D. Amanda D says, "Hi guys, I recently listened to Clara, the world's most famous rhinoceros. Like your other episodes, I loved it. However, I'm writing for another reason. I wanted to say this one's about you, buddy. I wanted to say thank you to Noel for understanding my fear of ostriches. I'm often ostracized mm. for this by my family. All in fun, of course." Uh, Amanda spelled it correctly. I just think there's a great pun there. Uh, My nephews find it particularly amusing. Let me take you back in time. The details are kind of vague around why this happened, so bear with me here. I was in elementary school, and the school was hosting some sort of animal day with live animals for us to see. I'm not sure why, but I went into the equipment room in the gym only to be confronted face-to-face with an ostrich. That is my literal worst nightmare. (laughs) Talk about a surprise. The thing was absolutely terrifying for the little nine-year-old me. I hold on to that fear to this day. Birds in general are creepy to me, but ostriches stand in a whole other category. That's my little story. I appreciate all your hard work and look forward to more episodes. Until then, I'll keep listening to the old episodes until I get to the end, and then I guess I'll just have to listen again. Best, Amanda D. Yeah, I don't even know how to respond to that <laughs> other than the only thing scarier than an ostrich uh-huh. to me is a cassuary. Are you familiar with these birds? Oh, quite. They also stand on two legs, and they apparently have uh, claws that they can disembowel you with in one slice. Mm-hmm. I think they are native to Australia or New Zealand. Uh, but yeah, got no use in my life for big, muscular birds with weird, gangly necks. Uh, and oh my God, ugh, very They're triggered also right in now. Papua New Guinea, Indonesia. Mm. I feel I feel bad. I think I showed you a picture of a cassowary. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. Don't, it's just I mean, interesting. It's, it's, yeah, what, interesting to see me squirm and no, terror? No, I, also, I just need you to be aware of that. Just in case I ever see one? Yeah, things mm. got pretty dicey. Casey, you were there uh, one time when we were in New York. Uh, we were 
exploring something that got shut down because Kanye West was doing an impromptu fashion show. But you got, you know, I, I could tell. I could read the room. You got pretty uncomfortable when the goals got too close. So it's trying to physically get between you and the goals. Did I not tell you that is, I think, the source of my ornithophobia? ornithophobia? Mm. Uh, when I was a kid, my grandpa took me to the beach and he threw breadcrumbs every which where. And my tiny little child body was swarmed uh, by seagulls. And I just picture the perspective of being so small and having these terrifying things cacawing and coming down at you from on high. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's, that's what started the whole, the whole thing for me. And much like my, frankly, uh, paralyzing fear of touching metal, uh, we can only hope that our personality quirks are, are at least amusing, right? Our personal traumas are at least amusing to all of us listening today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We know we didn't get to, spoiler, all of the emails, uh, Facebook messages, tweets, and other correspondencies, but we do like to check in and make this what do you say, a, a semi-regular thing? Yeah, I would like to do that for sure. And I just, I only want to bring up one last one from the Facebook group from Henry S. Because of the episode we just recorded uh, that had some Gaelic pronunciations in it. Okay, guys, you really must work on your Gaelic. It's Garda, not Gardia, and Finian, not Finian, uh, which I'm pretty sure we butchered similarly in the last episode we just recorded this very afternoon on, uh, was it St. St. Columba. Yeah, yeah, but also St. Finian is how he said it in the entire episode. So I believe it would be St. Finian. Um, so, hey, mea culpa for that one in advance. Um, otherwise, great episode on the Finian invasion of Canada. And uh, Cameron Z responded, I absolutely couldn't listen to the episode because the pronunciation was so broken as I learned about this in history class that it broke my brain and I couldn't listen. So, hey, again, always striving to do the best we can. Uh, Gaelic is tough. Gaelic is tough. And that's just one of the many posts on our Facebook group, Ridiculous Historians, that we would love for you to check out there. You can run into our favorite part of the show, you and your fellow listeners. They're not all uh, roasting us over mispronunciations, uh, but we do appreciate every post like that because it helps keep us honest and it makes the show better. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter, uh, both as a group and as individuals. I'm at Ben Bolin on Instagram. You can find me at How Now Noel Brown. And if you want to get in on that Facebook group action, all you got to do is answer a simple question of name someone tangentially even involved in Ridiculous History. Could be me, could be Ben, could be super producer Casey Pegram, could be Christopher Hasiotis, could be Gabe Luzier, could be an, a funny name from one of the episodes. Anything to make us laugh and you are in like Flynn, my friends. Big thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis here in spirit. Thanks to the quizster, also known as Jonathan Strickland. Thanks to you, Noel. Uh, thanks to our research associates, Gabe and Ryan, uh, who we will, spoiler alert, maybe have on the show pretty soon. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you to Cheryl Crow. Love her. See you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. 
Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.